Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. I want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, part of the Believe and Buzz Radio networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. And all live shows are presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. My name is Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Jacob Davis. And we are brought to you by Bet Online, which remains your number one source for all sports betting this season. Everything from NFL bowl season to esports. You'll find us the latest odds, team matchups, info, player news, and games trends at Bet Online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. And from the Amigo Provision Studios, we'll go to Aaron Nolan, a longtime Razorback fan, communications director at Downtown Bentonville. Uh, welcome to the show and, and, and making some time for us to talk a little dancing. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, hog fan through and through my entire life. Spent tw- almost 20 years covering sports and, uh, and and was actually at the Final Four. Saw uh, Mike Krzyzewski's last game last year. So I'm excited to get back to the big dance and talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, they're playing Illinois. Uh, Arkansas, of course, you know, picks up what I think honestly was was a – what should I say, gracious, um, eight seed. You know, when, the way things fell, you know, the way they finished in conference down the stretch, for them to still get an eight seed, do you think that, you know, the previous Elite Eight runs had something to play with still getting that seven seed opposed to a 10 or even having to play in, you know, to get in the tournament? Uh, you know, I think seeding is an important thing. Uh, Arkansas traditionally has not done well in the 8-9 matchup. Uh, you know, UNC is that early memory that we all fall up to when Arkansas probably should have. Bad uh, officiating led to the Tar Heels winning that game. Um, I, you know, this is going to be a tough bracket. Uh, I know that the guys on CBS, when, when, when it was released, were all about Arkansas's athleticism and length being a, a, a trouble for Kansas. Obviously, we've got to get past Illinois first. The Fighting Illini are very athletic. They're strong. They've underachieved just like Arkansas. Um, so do we have another deep run? I don't know. I mean, I tweeted out, guys, and, and I, would, I would love to open this bag of worms. What is success now for this team? Uh, I argue, and this is going to be unpopular, and I say all this – Wearing my Razorback hat, I told my boss last year that, that if Arkansas was in the Final Four, it'd be really hard for me to cover it objectively. So I'm a diehard. I think one win is a successful year after what we've seen. I really do, and and I, I don't. I think they beat Illinois, um, and then after that, it's it's free basketball for me. Yeah, and it's you- almost a crapshoot, right? Basically, yeah. after the, I mean, you really don't know. I think that. Arkansas, the speed of the game in the SEC with the athletes that the SEC boasts, I mean, I, I think is going to overwhelm most of the Big Ten teams that mm-hmm. that are going to be in the tournament. Who uh, and I just I just think like Missouri is going to cause problems. I think Arkansas's length and their athleticism is going to uh, cause plenty of problems, uh, especially against Illinois. Now, but, but haven't we said that all year? Do, I yeah, mean, that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of my beef on this, and and I hate to compare Arkansas to the Kentucky 
you know, baby freshman teams that didn't, uh, you know, achieve like what we thought Arkansas was going to this year. But to your point, Jacob, I, I think we've said that all year. And so I don't know what to get. That's why I'm saying one win is good enough for me. Well, and I hate to say that. Yeah, and it goes to the fact is, just like on the women's side, you can't expect them to go up against South Carolina, win that game, and then get into the tournament. You know, I base everything, you know, SEC tournament, it's almost like you hold a little bit of weight, but anybody can get hot in the SEC tournament. Just like this, you can't expect them to, if they lose against a number one seed, to really now, let's call this season a failure. You can't base it on that. Now, if you want to go off regular season or how the expectations and how they fell flat, we can do that. But if, if they beat Illinois and then they go up against Kansas, and this is whether it's in the Sweet 16, Elite 8, or in the second round, you can't expect them to, say, lose that game and then, well, our, our, the season was a failure based on that, that loss alone. Well, I, I mean, I, and I hate to put the cart before the horse, but let's say they get to the second round, the round of 32, and you're taking on Kansas, a team that has beaten more quad one opponents than pretty much anybody else in the country. Um, you know, you mentioned the Big Ten and how Arkansas's athleticism probably going to outweigh that league. And that ain't happening in the Big 12, though. No. Big 12 is a really, really good basketball school or but, uh, conference. Well, and, and Kansas is that blue blood. You know, you look at Michigan State, yeah. Duke – Kansas, Kentucky, they're playing these high-profile games early in the year. Yes, it's it's for television and entertainment purposes, but it still boosts their resume. Look, their first, second game, they're playing Michigan State and then Kentucky back-to-back per se. You know, but that's the type. That's what happens when you get to that status of Kansas, Michigan State, Kentucky, and, and, and so forth. Let me, let me go back, and I want to talk about one other thing. As me, now, I can be 100% a fan, which is really cool. I haven't, I'm retired, if you will, from, from journalism, and so I can just be a fan now. And the lack of, of passion at the end of games has been really tough to watch. And so, you know, the, the Texas A&M game, is, that, was, that was rough, man. Um, it, it was everything possible, what we thought Arkansas was going to be in the first half. And then it just fell apart. Same thing happened against Auburn in the second half. Where's that killer instinct? And Ricky Council was talking about it on the SEC Network, saying coaches after us have the killer instinct. That's what concerns me going into the second weekend. Again, I, I don't want to say Illinois is going to be a slam dunk, but, I, I mean, that's, that's the concerning thing. Where is that killer mentality? I mean – what are the two big things that you have to have in the NCAA tournament tournament to have success? You got to have one heck of a guard. We've got that in Nick and you got to have a great coach. Must is a top 10 coach right now. You cannot argue that, but where's the killer instinct that, that kills me to be honest with you. Yeah. And they've, it, that's been the issue here. I mean, it didn't rear its ugly head until maybe the Baylor game when we really started realizing mm-hmm. This team doesn't have it. Like, they don't know where to, you know, really finish. Like, you thought maybe Nick Smith, and Nick Smith showed flashes in an Auburn game. Arkansas, even though they blew a 12-point lead in the second half, they were able to kind of, kind of, you know, take care of business there. And then against A&M, they just blew another lead. It's just, it's crazy. It's like, it's Mr. Jekyll and, and, and Hyde, you know. No you, doubt. You get one... You get one team on one day and one team on the next. It's well, just yeah. it's hard and to And that's sometimes. what you get when you have 11 new players and so many are freshmen. Yeah. 
I mean, you, you, you but they're not, but, but they're not by this time of the season. It doesn't matter if you're a freshman uh, or not. You play 32 dis- games. That's where, I, that's where I disagree because you look at Nick Smith Jr. playing half your season. Your go to guy was out half the season. And then he comes in at the end. Look, you, you still got to have that mentality. You got to have that maturity. Yeah. And, and I, I understand freshman to sophomore, but you've got to be the guy as a freshman if you want to be the guy as a sophomore. And they just yeah. didn't have that leadership. And when you lose Brazil and Nick Smith Jr., let's just look at the football team. When you lost Catalan, you lose that leader. You lose that top of your food chain in, in your team, and you're like, where do we go? How do we do this? And look. You know, Muss has really done good in the transfer portal, and this is the first time he's really had to lean on freshmen to carry his team. And some did really good. Some didn't pan out, you know. Mm-hmm. So, look, it's tournament time. They're not good at free throws, and you don't have a true three-point threat. That is what that's we brutal. talked about. By the way, that free throw threat. thing, that's tough brutal. to watch. Well, and me that's... and Jacob talked about, you know, we're talking about this 8, 9, 7 through 10 seed. I'd almost want – a 10 seed playing a 7 seed. Oh, 100%. Seed I'd rather be a 10 seed. Exactly. I said that a month ago. I said, we need to play for a 10. I think mm-hmm. – I, I don't I, I don't know. I'm not in the selection committee. I think that Arkansas needed that win against Auburn. But at the same time, if they lost against Auburn, being a 10 seed in my mind would have been better. I would have much rather match up against one of these twos than, than the one in the second round. Um, have you guys looked at the schedule? I'm looking at the schedule for Illinois right now. They beat some really quality teams. Mm-hmm. They beat Texas when Texas was two. Um, they they gave Purdue everything they had. The only thing that I can see on this one, they've lost three of their last four. Other than that, this is a this like is a pretty us. solid team. You know, the Big Ten in basketball is just like Big Ten in football. Scrappy. Slug. Slug yeah. fest. You know, they're they're not flashy. They're not gonna get you know, you you have a few couple ranked teams, but look at Purdue every year, just one of them scrappy mm-hmm. teams. And that's going to be the biggest thing. They only average 7.7 or 7.1 three-pointers made per game. But we've seen how Arkansas played against Baylor. Are they ready for this this battle they're about to get into with the Big Ten team? I I think two games that really stand out to me for Arkansas this year, one early on Creighton, I thought that was just a fantastic basketball game. Top to bottom was a lot of fun to watch. And I really enjoyed the Baylor game. Um, I think that their freshman was a lot better than than anybody on our team that night. Um, forgot his name, but he's he's really really good. Uh, and Scott Drew is a one heck of a basketball coach. Um, but those were two games that kind of stuck out to me. Both lost. Everything else to me was you know shoulda coulda woulda. Um, outside, those two games were probably the best two games I watched them play in my mind, and they lost them. Yeah, and did you? I don't know if you mentioned it, Aaron. I think uh, they uh, beat UCLA too. I don't know if you said that, but man, they, uh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah, beat, you're right. They uh, beat them by nine. Eight UCLA at the time. Yeah, beat them by nine. Uh, obviously, I mean, just blowing out a Syracuse team. Uh, they lost by five to Maryland, who's an eight seed. I mean, they, they beat Michigan beat State. That's a, Texas. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State's a tournament team. Yeah. They played a legit a legit schedule. And, I mean, it's weird because, you know, you don't really see the Big Ten as a 
I really don't. I really don't know how to explain it. Like a power conference, like they're really good when they are. I mean, in in conference play, but once tournament time comes, it's like they all drop like flies, and like there's one or two left standing. And and right now, I just don't know if Illinois. I mean, the way their uh, season fin- ended up, the way ours ended up, it's it's gonna be an interesting battle on Thursday. Um, anybody got the time yet for that game? Three three thirty ish on TBS. On Thursday, okay. yes. So, you know, it, it's a hot team that that you want in the tournament, and neither one of these teams are hot right now. Illinois is no. uh, lost three of their last five. Arkansas has lost four of their last five. Two teams combined three wins in the last ten games. I mean, the, these are teams limping into this thing, and everybody is going to. I, you know, I haven't seen the numbers, the odds yet, but I would bet that. I mean, Arkansas favored right now, according to ESPN, by about fifty eight percent. The betters are going to put it on Arkansas based on athleticism and length. And as fans, I, it's hard to say, guys, that, that 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 athleticism and length has paid off for us this year. And I don't question Musk. He had to do this. This was an amazing recruiting right. class. I told my wife in this house right now, I said, I'm not going to say it, but we may have to make a trip to Houston. I bought in. I thought this was going to be it. Uh, injuries really suck, but, you know – Outside of that, there's just some other glaring issues. Uh, why Why was Texas A&M able to go so big when we were supposed to have all this length and size in the second half? That concerns me. I, I just think it's that's where that youth comes in, that, that you're not well, used but, to banging. Oh, but I would argue that's that's the Mitchell twins. That's yeah. that's Kamani. Those are, those are not youngsters. No. You're fouling, too. The fouling issues is what – I mean, Arkansas is known as a team this year. Yeah, they're big. Yeah, they're physical. And, yeah, they have length at the rim. But, man, we give up some of these stupidest fouls. And then you give up some of these stupidest turnovers Mm -hmm. that, I mean, that lead to, like, the Texas A&M game the other night. One bad pass leads to, you know, uh, six points for A&M. Just, I mean, uh, I think it was the Auburn game where Arkansas could have had an eight-point swing potentially, and then they miss a free throw on the one end in Auburn drills a three with Wendell Green on the other end, and it, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's just so many issues, like the free throw issues, the turnover issues. There, There's so many issues right now. But this Arkansas team is as talented as any of them in the country yeah. right now. That's what's crazy. We can say everything that you just said, man, all of it, all day long. But at the end of the day, if these seven, eight players put it together for 40 minutes, heck, yeah, they can beat oh, yeah. Kansas. Heck yeah, they could be back to the elite eight. I mean, that's that's what's wild. When they and, and are we going to see this random experience experiment pay off? Yeah, who knows? Because if know. Nick Smith Jr. gets his mid range going, you're not stopping him. I mean, once he gets no. hot from that mid range, he is. But I wanted to point something out real quick. Illinois is averaging seventy four point seven points a game. Arkansas is averaging 74.4 points a game. <laughs> uh, it gets better. Arkansas is allowing 67.4 points a game. Illinois is allowing 67 points per game. So you want to look at statistics and just split this. Uh, they're shooting 30% from the three-point line. Arkansas is 31. So, we're, again, we're looking at this. They're three their free throw percentage is a 68%. So if this couldn't be, you talk about eight, nine, and how this has got to be one of the closest margins. If you look at this team, 
Because Arkansas's free throw percentage is 69%. So this is almost a dead even. I don't even know how you look at this and be like, all right, Arkansas is favored by five or Illinois. This is a, this would be a pick em in my opinion. It, it, it may end up being. I mean, I think you're right. You look at that. I mean, this matchup predictor, I will say the matchup predictor for ESPN has been pretty spot on. Uh, as of late, I've looked at a lot of those. And uh, so right now they're picking Arkansas about 14%. So 58 to 42%. Um, look, to to sum this all up, I have no idea what to expect Thursday. Um, if they come out and play the first halves of Auburn and Texas A&M, put it together, they're going to they're gonna steamroll. If they don't, yeah. I don't know the – I mean, they've got it. This Shannon Jr. kid for Illinois, 17 points, 44% field goal percentage. He's shooting 80% from the free throw line. I mean, that kid could – if he throws up 17 a game, that could give us trouble. I mean, I, you know, put him on Devo, hopefully, and lock him down. I I got no clue. Well, I got you, hope. You, you I got a lot of hope. what happened with this team when, when Nick Smith Jr. had a bad shooting night. I mean, that's, that's what happened the other night. He just had an off shooting night. And you know what? That's the first time since he's come back. Where he's really come up, come up. Now he's kind of fell off and had a bad shooting, which you're going to have. So you really got to focus on who's going to step up if he does. Or say Anthony Black has a poor shooting night. Who is going to step up? Because if you got uh, Shannon and Mayer, they're averaging 17 and 12 points per game. You're going to have to have two guys that match that. Because if you mm-hmm. just rely on one guy and in, in the ability that they've had defensively, to where guys just start going off, especially in that second half. And we know how much importance the second half is come tournament time. It seems like somebody goes on a run. So if there yeah. is ever a yeah. game where you need to hold your lead and make your free throws, it's it, now's the time or you're going home. Yeah, and that's, I, that's what I go back to what I asked you to begin with. What is success in this, in this tournament for Arkansas? I, I say it as if I'm 43 years old this year. Uh, for 43 years, I followed the Razorbacks. It's one win to me. And that's tough for me to say after the beginning of the year, top top 10 in the country. But that's what the success is for me. It's one win. And, you know, uh, we were talking about Terrence Sheeran and Mayer, or Meyer, whatever his name is. You know, those two guys are transfers this year for <laughs> Illinois. Terrence Shannon was a guard for Texas Tech the year that Arkansas <laughs> made it out of the Sweet 16 <laughs> into their first Elite Eight run. And then Mayer was the guy that was hitting shot at a shot, the guy that with the mullet, the beautiful mullet uh, for Baylor, the very next game that knocked us out. Uh, or no, no, it was, no, it, we beat Texas Tech to go to the Sweet 16, beat or, uh, Oral Roberts the next game, and then yeah. played Baylor in the Elite Eight. Yeah, that's, that's how it went. But yeah, both of those guys, Arkansas is very familiar with. So I'm sure Musselman, and, and that, I, if you saw what I tweeted earlier, there, Picture All Nation put out a, a video of, of musclemen and the teams, uh, the way they were uh, excited, and you, you look around and all the all the players are pumped, they're they're happy to be in the tournament, and musclemen's there, evil genius, already thinking, all right, which guy am I putting Devo on? <laughs> you can well, you can I, already see it, like, all right, I'm game planning. You know, Rude is over there already game planning too. You know, he's, he's probably already got 400 pages worth of notes of Illinois of every single thing that they do. And if you've ever been to a Razorback basketball practice and look at the uh, sideline of, of just poster boards, uh, like five or six of them down the sideline of every 
thing yeah. that a player of the opponent well, does. I mean, it's, it's crazy what he does. You, you, you bring up a good point. Uh, you give Muss four days now to game plan for one team. I, I, I like those odds, and, and I think, and this may be presumptuous because I have no idea what's going to happen on Thursday. I think a lifetime contract should be coming pretty soon for Muss. Um, I really do. Um, and I say that because he can take four days and really game plan. He can recruit. He can bring the transfer portal. So you give that man four days. I, I mean, to your point, he already knows him. I think it, it could look real good on Thursday, maybe. Absolutely. Possibly. I don't yeah. know. Fingers crossed. I don't know. But it, it, and this is the thing that's the toughest part of when it comes to is it the team or is it the coaching? Because we can always, mm-hmm. always point fingers at either side. But it's almost like, and it's tough to see because when you're going down these second-half stretches, I mean, is it execution? Is it conditioning? I mean, I, I, it, it's hard to depict what is going on in these second-half games that it's happening so much that is it not just one extra timeout that needs to be taken to really kind of mm-hmm. game plan? You know, you never know. And, and again, like, it's almost like picking hairs between Arkansas and Illinois between – what's happening in the second half of these games. So, I mean, yeah. if you could pinpoint or you could give an analysis, what, what would you think would be one of the leading causes to these second-half failures? I uh, – man, that's a great question, and, and I'm the guy right now that I don't – I want to put some on Muss. I don't know if it is. I, I, I just think it's, it's a team great I, – I love all these guys. These guys are great. For some reason, they haven't really meshed. And I look at the offense, to me – the offense just runs the three-point line, basically that old three-man weave. They're just running it back and forth, back and forth, trying to find a cut lane, trying to find that that pass uh, down low. I mean, where is the high-low action? I mean, where is, you know, bringing out both Mitchell twins, running one of them to the free throw line extended, running one of them on the block to get out of that, just constantly going back and forth and swapping between Ricky and Jordan and, and Nick and Anthony up top. I mean, that's that's what it looks like to me. So, uh, man, to answer your question, maybe it is a little bit of scheme. Maybe it is. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it looks like three-man weave up top to me yeah. on offense. Yeah. And a lot I of it, I think, is just you have depth, but they're not playing depth. And I think when you're running that, like you said, that three-man Must weave. Must doesn't. Yeah. And Must you're running up and down. And, and it also has to do with today's games. You don't see that many half-court sets. It's run and gun. Let's shoot with 10 to 12 seconds left on the shot clock. Let's hurry up and get back. And then just transition offense, transition defense. And I don't care if you're the top-notch Division One athlete. You do that eight, nine trips down the court, you're going to be winded. And then Look. everybody talks about these free throw percentages. I, I, just, I would just question anybody, regular Joe. And I'm just saying two times up and down the court and then shoot two free throws. You don't have to do it four or five times. Sprint up and down the court two times, sit, and then try to see how many free throws you can do on a regular basis. I I will say, I mean, wrapping up that question you just asked, for me, what Arkansas missed is who Joe Pinion is supposed to be. I mean, you can run high lows. You can run that three-man weave. If you've got somebody deadly, spot up. And they hit it in their clutch over and over again. I would have loved – I mean, Megan just said it. I'm reading your screen. I mean, Pinion, Pinion may be that answer. And and to be honest, I have no idea what these four or five guys are going to do 
after this tournament? Are they staying? Are they going? Next year could be pretty salty. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pena didn't play as much as I like. I, Darian Ford running the point. I mean, there's some good things that could happen. But to me, that's what was missing is that sharpshooter. Um, if you're not going to run the personnel with the personnel that you have on the floor in a high yeah. level. And we've already seen it this year with Jalen Graham too. Like if you you can be the best offensive player on the court, but if you don't play defense, you're not going to yeah. play from us. Yeah. And that's the thing is is Joe can. I mean, there's many been many a times where we've seen like where they were experimenting with the roster and in the lineup. Like you would see Pinion get hooked up off a screen and then lose his man and trail. Like sometimes you got to cut off the screen. Like go skinny, you know. You got to do certain things, and as a freshman, but the only way he's going to learn, the the only way he's going to do that is get in the game. Exactly. Somebody, it was one of those uh, color guys on the uh, the 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 broadcast one game, and he said, "How do you get better as a college player?" I thought that was one of the stupidest comments that I've ever heard an analysis uh, an analyst say. How do you get you get better by playing the game? Yeah, it's true. And, And and for me, we haven't seen Joe in there, and and. He's got to learn in game. You can run against your team all day long. Well, in in your in a practice set, you, you, you know that that's the biggest. Yeah, thing. I mean, a huge I, difference between practice and again, Allen Iverson, and we're talking about practice. We're talking well, but there's a huge difference between practice and game play, game speed. Look, guys, I got my handicap on the golf course to the lowest it's ever been last year, and it ain't because I was practicing. It was because I was playing a lot. I mean that. I mean that, that's the only that's the only example I can give you. The, the the biggest thing I would like to know is too is you know in in this era of college basketball where so many freshmen whether they transfer or come into a spot and they expect to just let's just throw this thing together and throw it in the oven it's going to come out a, a success. Do you think having a year like this really sets mm-hmm. them up in the future for success because? Sometimes you kind of need to eat, eat, eat a little humble pie and be like, well, we're not this flashy, just all these all-stars, all-Americans, and we're going to come and set the world on fire our freshman year. But yet for the fans, too, they expected all this stuff. You lose, you take 25, 28 points per game out of your lineup and expect any team, Duke, Kentucky, to win. But it's we're in this now, this microwave society where we want it now, and it's almost like, Look at the years where it's taken kids two to three to four years to develop. They get in their senior year, and then they go off for 25, 26 points per game. Well, I, you bring up a good point. I think we're kind of spoiled over the last couple of years. I mean, all, you know, Musk hits lightning in a bottle. I mean, two Elite Eights in a row. That, that doesn't happen. I was in Bud Walton on Friday night uh, for the gymnastics meet, and I looked up at the banners, and I was counting the Elite Eights. And it has been a long time since Arkansas basketball was where, I mean, it was 95, wasn't it? The last time that Arkansas was in an elite eight. And that's when they went to the championship game and lost, you know, they could have repeated. Um, So I think to your point, we're kind of spoiled. Uh, We expect big things. You know, we made the tournament. And again, I go back to that, that initial question. I think uh, what is success now? You know, I mean, this is this is the season. This is why you play the game to get to this point. Let's yep. get all the talent together and let's let's run it and see what happens. I but for me, success is when it is beating Illinois. Well, one more thing, Jake, and I'll let you finish up. But just another thing we're not even talking about is this four day rest, not only for 
from us to prepare. But you're giving these guys a four-day reset. You know, mm-hmm. these, these guys have been playing 35, 40 minutes. They get four days to get healthy, get rested, get on a plane, do some walkthroughs. And, and Jacob, to your point of talking about at this point in time, they're freshmen or sophomores. Mentally, yes, because now they should know what to do. But now it's 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 big boy time. It's time to step up to the big table. You're at the big dance. Are you going to be Cinderella, or, or are you going to be the pumpkin that, that turn or the carriage that turns into the pumpkin at midnight? Well, I, I, I so again, I was at the final four. I was at the first four last year too. So I went to Dayton, and then I went to New Orleans last year. And it is you mentioned shoot around. It's completely controlled and much different than anything I think a lot of fans have ever seen. Uh, for all of those days, they get like thirty minutes on the court. That's it. Uh, it is timed. You walk on, out at 30 minutes, you walk off. That's it. Um, and so going back to those four days of prep, that's where Must the Magician really needs to come to play. And those guys need to understand, let's get some legs underneath us. Let's get some shots up. Let's make something and feel good about ourselves. And these four days at home are vital to what happens over the next week. I agree. Yeah. Who's going to be the Jalen Tates? Who's going to be the Justin Smith in this tournament? Who's going to be the Moses Moody? Like that—that's the crazy thing. It's going to be the fun and interesting thing over the next four days. I think it could be a whole different season. It is a whole different season right now. Give me the fourth. Give me the fourth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, hey, we'll we'll get you out there in this. Um, you you put out there. You got your new gig going on. So yeah, if you want to yeah. elaborate on that, tell us where we can find you in the future and what you got going on. Yeah, we, uh, I just joined up with Downtown Bentonville, Inc. We put on First Fridays and Farmers Markets uh, in Bentonville. Uh, really cool thing, uh, even sports-related, my man. Uh, one of Dwayne Johnson's company signed on to be our presenting sponsor. Yeah. And so The Rock is now associated with Bentonville. Uh, some, some really weird things I've been able to do, uh, um, and a lot of the emails – they call him DJ. I don't know if I could say that. Nobody's here, so I don't know why I'm looking around. But they call him DJ. Uh, and one of my closest friends is DJ Williams. So I can't I can't confuse those two right now. My wife, I was talking to her. I was like, yeah, DJ said this. Why are you talking about DJ Williams? I'm not. I'm talking about Dwayne Johnson. Uh, so, but anyway, it's going to be a really cool year uh, in downtown Bentonville. Uh, we've got all of those different experiences, and we're really looking to enhance the community vibe and the feeling. You know, we – we can rock as many as 10,000 people on the square for our awesome. first Friday. And so uh, we're, we're running a gun and I'm still doing some storytelling. Um, we've got a media element called downtown now that airs on TV and it's a CBS Sunday morning style show. We just tell stories. So uh, appreciate you asking about that, yeah. but we're excited about it. Downtown org uh, is, uh, is where we're at. And anytime you're around town, come on down and, I'll treat you to a good time in business. Definitely. And, and if there's anything we can do to help promote you, you know, tag us, let us know any way we it. can help out. If I get the rock cooking me something, I'll let you know. Hey, yes. That, that, that's <laughs> one I'll definitely be at. I'll, I'll, I'll come with my Austin 316 shirt and we'll, we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> All right. Guys, thanks, man. Yes, sir. You have a good one. All right. See you, Aaron. All right, man. That's good. That was fun. Well, we'll have to get some break. After the break, we'll recap our conversation with Aaron Nolan. And then, of course, we'll talk some dancing, look at the bracket, see how things shape out. And then we'll take your thoughts and questions after the break. And we'll be right back. 
At Fordham Lee Distillery, our bourbons look as amazing as they taste. A delicious, high rye bourbon aged over six years. Fordham Lee is a company founded on the principles of great folks and spirits worth remembering. Look for Fordham Lee brands at Walk-Ons, Liquor World, Busters, and soon everywhere in Northwest Arkansas that serves fine spirits. Fordham Lee Bourbon says please drink responsibly. 21 means 21. Fordham Lee Distillery, blended and bottled in Middletown, Maryland. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk Podcast. And again, we want to bring, mention our sponsor, Arkansas Brewing Company, who is the sponsor of all of our live broadcasts. You can find them at 201 South 1st Street in downtown Ozark, Arkansas. They're open from 4 p.m. Wednesday throughout the weekend, always having good drink specials, lunch specials. So if you're ever in the Ozark area, go down and see Chris and Destiny at Ozark Brewing Company. And Jacob, you mind mentioning our newest sponsor, our hotline, Amigo Provisions Company. Tell us what they're all about. Brother, man, they are. They have got some good-looking stuff. Man, you got the hat on my head right here. It's It doesn't squeeze my fat head. It feels pretty good. Has the snaps on the back. You can get that at AmigoProvisions.com. They also have the Razorback uh, button-down fishing performance shirt. And they call it the Frio Tech Razorback Camo Shirt. It has uh, Razorbacks and, and the state of Arkansas accident on it. It says our lightweight Friotech shirts are just as cool as they are. Comfortable. Wear this on a quick afternoon. Fish out or the Frio. Or let it be the talk, the tailgate, and opening day. Ideal temperatures for wearing this shirt range from 60 degrees to 95 degrees. It's got soft weight material, bottom-down collar, no shrink, and fast drying, and it's officially licensed by the Arkansas Razorback uh, uh, group there, too. So it's it's good stuff, man. Good fitting stuff. Glad Love to it. have them on board. Can't wait to get uh, some of that gear. I, I really like the how they blended the hog in, and they got other schools as well, but I like how they blend the hog in with the shirt and, and the game on the hat. So I thought that Absolutely. was a really cool idea. But um, right here, we'll, we'll start with this question right here from Mark Rippey. It says, why do you guys think – these guys haven't, like you said, meshed well together. I think all it all has to do with the youth on the team. And I know we've brought that up multiple times when you're bringing freshmen in together and then when you're a team and you spend all summer together and then you lose Nick Smith Jr., then you lose Trevin Brazil. You've got two of your leading scores. Now, this is not like football where you've got a running back one, running back two, wide receiver one, you've got a second string. 
you know, this this is two starters out of your five that now have been taken out of your lineup, and that's two fifths of your team that you got to try to now figure out how we're going to make this thing work. And you got to do it on the fly. This isn't like you've got a week to prepare for one team. You're playing multiple games in in a week. You're playing a Tuesday Saturday, yeah. or you're playing in a Friday Saturday you know, showcase setting, and then you got to come back and start your grueling SEC schedule. So there's not much time. If you play on a Tuesday and then you got to play on a Saturday, so your game's on Tuesday, you might have a day off where you're going Wednesday, Thursday, and then you travel, play on Saturday, travel on Friday, play on Saturday. So you really don't have much time when it comes to in-season to really – I mean, you can watch all the film you want. But practice and really trying yeah. to get things going, it's hard to do. Yeah, and and the way this season ended, honestly, you look at it, they've won four – they've won three games since uh, February 11th, and that was the day that Nick Smith came back into the lineup. Uh, not just the starting lineup, but just the lineup in general. We got back in the rotation. And that's the thing, like you're, you, you're in a flow with Devo. You've got – You've got Ricky Council uh, flowing pretty well. You've got it pretty much figured out. You got the Mitchell Twins playing really great ball, uh, being able to really defend, block shots. It was, I mean, it was it was kind of like watching on on uh, what was it Thursday night early on in the first half against A and M, and Arkansas was just blocking everything at the rim. Like you, A and M was able to do nothing, and that's how Arkansas was able to get to that uh, fourteen point lead at halftime. And then everything just dwindled down. It's just, I think there's a lot of flaws throughout the offense. I think sometimes, you know, it, I think a lot of it has to do with Nick Smith not being out there and, and not having that flow. And I hate to blame it on the young man because it's not his fault. Like, this was his team. And I think if, if Arkansas would have could have gone all the way back to that, to that uh, exhibition game against Texas and not ever have had Nick Smith injured, Take out Trevin Brazil because I think that probably could have happened anyway. Just, I mean, just take that out hypothetically. I think the flow of this team is a whole lot different if you have Nick Smith for the whole season instead of just the last eleven or twelve games. Well, of course, I, I think mean, that that's the issue. Part in it. Well, and and it is. It, it's a big part of it, but still, yeah, it's like you've seen the play of it. it you're still having the same woes, and that's what I was asking, right. Aaron. Is this a – I mean, because we're coming out of halftime. We know. Is this a we're, – we're not scheming. We're, we're not adjusting mm-hmm. at halftime. How much is this mental of, man, this has happened so many times. Here they come. They go on a run. It's happening again. We're just going to fold over again because this is ha- – I mean, again, we got to put the mental aspect of these kids and that maturity level of we're not letting them come back. We're going to do everything yep. we can to keep this from happening. We're going to step out a little bit on defense. We're going to, you know, take better shots. Just like that one game where I told you where Nick Smith Jr. come down and, you know, five-point game could have laid it up. I mean, had an easy drive to the basket, could have laid it up, broke it within three, shoots a three-pointer, it rims out, and then it's like they, from that point on they could just never get their feet. And also, yeah. you know, you got to know. When you're having a bad shooting night and you do say you, you miss three or four out of your last four shots, they make three out of the three. These runs 
How do you pick yourself up? How do you mentally be like, all right, enough. Let's get back in this game because as quick as you got in a hole, you in the game of basketball, as quick as you get down six, seven, eight points, you can get right back in it with a couple of stops and a couple of two-pointers. I mean, that's just how basketball works. Yeah. And, and the, I mean, a, I mean, let's not be silly. A&M was the second best team in the conference. And, you know, it's not, it's not okay to lose a 13 point, 14 point lead coming at halftime. But we got to remember A&M is a dang good team. Yeah. They may have been underseated, but that was because a lot of their had that, a lot of that had to do was with how they scheduled their out of conference opponents. Yeah. Like they didn't lose to any bad opponents, but you know, you got to think about, you know, you lost to Tennessee at on the road and, which Tennessee's had your number every single year at Thompson Bowling Arena. You played the best team in the country, the num- overall number one seed, by, what was it, three points, two points? Yeah, it was three points on the road at their place. And, and they're just that close. And then the Kentucky game, it just kind of got out of hand uh, late, in that, late in that ball game. So you got to think about down the stretch, it was a hard schedule. You lost to a Mississippi State team that uh, at home that ended up being a – uh, uh, first four, uh, or first, what was it? What do they call that? First round or first four, the, uh, yeah. Dayton, you're, whatever. You're like yeah, the first game, games. Yeah. first four, first four games. Yeah. Sorry. Gosh, dog. They, they have changed this thing up so much. I can't ever uh, keep up with the NCAA tournament <laughs> the, uh, with, the, with the way they added those four teams. That, I, I do want to touch uh, on something. I do want to touch on something Jamie said. He, he said, won five in a row before Nick's return, finished three and six, meant backwards. That, that That's kind of a. I agree, but disagree. Because you look at the yeah. last five games, six games. Yeah, Texas A&M ranked, who just played down to the wire. Um, yeah. Then you had Al- at Alabama, at Tennessee, and then you played Kentucky. So, I mean, yeah, I see the one five in a row, but, I mean, you, you beat, you beat um, Texas A&M, you played Carolina, you beat Kentucky. So, you won three in a row, then you dropped two in a row, to Mississippi State and Texas A&M. You beat Florida, Georgia. Both tournament teams. And then you lost three in a row. So you didn't win five in a row because you lost to Baylor. You beat – you won Well, two I think it's five in a row conference games, what they were meaning there. So – Well, I mean, yeah, even that, if, though, it's, it's still – but you got to look at the teams. You're playing Ole Miss, LSU. You're not playing the top-tier teams because you look at the Kentucky game – you know, you beat them at in in Lexington, eighty-eight seventy-three. But you got to look down the stretch. You played at Alabama, at Tennessee, and then ended in, at Kentucky. So you're looking at that back to back, just like we talked on the women's side, back to back against South Carolina, LSU. You played Alabama and Tennessee back to back, and then you had to turn around and play Kentucky, and that's what we talked about, Jacob. At the end, you can't let you got to get more wins going down the stretch because those final three. You could go zero and three, and what happened? You went zero and three, and you finished yep. eight and ten in conference. I mean, you need to sit there unless you get to the team where you're going to be at the top, like they have been, top three, four teams in the league. You can't sit there and be fighting the bubble because that bubble will swallow you up. And then instead of you being nine and uh, seven or whatever, eight and eight, now you're eight and ten, and got into the tournament as an eight seed and very gracious. I think they're very gracious they got an eight seed. But I wish yeah. they had got a ten seed because I think that would have fared out more because instead of playing Illinois and 
then uh, say Kansas, you're looking at now you're possibly playing. Uh, well, you wouldn't be playing Texas and You'd be playing. Well, Missouri's seven seed. A and M's a seven seed. Who else is a seven? You potentially State, the seven seed would be is Northwestern Boise State. Yeah, so you could in play, our bracket. You could have, but then look at the second round. You're playing Gonzaga. You go over here to Michigan State. You're the tenth seed. You're playing Michigan State. Then you're playing Marquette or Vermont. Um, yeah, but it's just the fact that it's still going to be a tough road ahead of them because Illinois is not. I mean, it, it's you're basically playing the Big Ten version of your team. Um, do you guys honestly believe this team is turning worthy? Yes, because the SEC is this deep. We we got yeah. we we got to look at when it comes to the Big 10 and the SEC and how deep these teams are, just how good. You know, look how Kentucky is on a down year, still how talented they are. And yeah. and then you're having to go to these teams and you're playing a team on a Wednesday and Saturday back to back on the road. And then Hey, let's come back and play Kentucky at home. I mean, is Arkansas right. one of the best 68 teams in the country? Yes. Yes, they are. It's just Yep. Go ahead. And just and just thinking about it. Like you look at the schedule besides that loss against LSU on the road, Arkansas didn't lose to a bad any bad teams at all this season in conference play. That's how stacked it was. You played Missouri twice, they're a tournament team. You played AM twice. They're a tournament team. You played Alabama twice. They're the number one overall seed in the country. You played Tennessee on the road. They're a sixth seed. Uh, let's see here. You you played Vanderbilt. And I'm surprised they weren't even a first four out. Like They won 20 games and were playing the best ball I've seen under Jerry Stackhouse in, in probably seven or eight years at, uh, at Vanderbilt. You lost that game 97-84. And then you lost to Missouri again. I mean, obviously, you, you wish you could have that one back. But you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat outside the LSU game on the road, which LSU at that time was a whole different team than they ended up being a two-win team that season, uh, this season in conference play. But, I mean, you, you beat uh, Kentucky on the road, and then you, you lose to Mississippi State at home, which – I mean, it's Chris Jans, it's Mississippi State. They've had your number for years. It's not a surprising loss. And a lot of people, a lot of people on Twitter got me after I said this is not a bad loss against Mississippi State, and and it wasn't because Mississippi State ended up being a tournament team. But it, but it's a home. Um, then, but it's a home game. That that's it's a home the, game. That's yeah, where it, I mean but, you've got to look at that one. But I do look at the Vandy, Vanderbilt loss as a bad loss because. You got beat. It wasn't a five-point game. I mean, Vanderbilt beat you, and you we got oh, to, yeah. we got to look at that. But here's another thing we got to look at too. You had a four-game losing streak, and then you had the three-game losing streak. You know, when we're talking yeah. about body of work and why I said they got gracious with this. You know, you lost to, to Auburn, Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Missouri. Three of them out of the four were on the road. Of course, the Alabama game. I think there was a lot of pressure going in that Alabama game of, of winning that. But the, the Auburn game at Auburn, 72-59. That's a bad loss because it's 72-59. to You got beat 97-84. to You let Vanderbilt almost put 100 on you. To me, that's a bad yeah. loss. Now, the Missouri loss, that's, that's always a scrappy team. 
Then you run into Baylor. That was a that was a good loss because that was that was a sixty seven sixty four battle. You know, but when you have a four game losing streak and then you have a three game losing streak, you're you're a streaky team. Yeah. But you're on the verge of you're streaking in the bad way, opposed to you're going on a four or five game win right. streak. You know, it's just yeah. So and. And I know that Arkansas did lose to LSU, but that was a whole different team at, at LSU. LSU was undefeated at the time, and they had KJ Williams playing really good ball. They had that West Virginia playing, uh, West Virginia transfer playing some good ball at the time. So I, I mean, in the end, end of things, it was a bad loss. But I mean, that was really the only bad loss in conference play, like brutally bad loss. The rest of them I can deal with. Yeah, and then you redeemed yourself. Uh, you beat them by twenty when you played them again. Yeah when it mattered. And then Jamie says, I agree. Vandy got snubbed. I don't think they got snubbed as far as getting out of the NCAA tournament, because I don't think the SEC was going to get nine teams in, but I do uh, think they got snubbed as like, they didn't even look like they were getting considered for the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Well, and I'll then, tell you what, uh, a getting a Carl seven asked about the second half shortcomings. Uh, we talked about that in the first segment. So, I don't know if we need to hash that back out, no. but uh, well, if you want to talk about somebody that might got snubbed, and that's A and M, you know, you're 25 and nine, you just played for the SEC championship, you've beat Alabama, and you get a seven seed. I mean, that that that's the part of where you're you really got to look at. Do they they deserve a higher seat when, when it comes down to it? Because I mean, that's you're talking about teams that are different than they were earlier in the season. They're playing better basketball now. And and again, you're yeah. you're gonna hold them out. They got beat I mean they got blown out at the end, but we know how at the end of games it could be a seven point game and then the free throws and all that and it just gets away from them. But you know it's yeah, Mississippi State was pretty close. Uh they were I mean they were within twelve with like five minutes to go against Alabama in the quarterfinals. And then it just went kaput. I mean, that's just really that's honestly the only way I could explain it. You're you're sitting at fifteen um, and three in the SEC, and you got a seven seed. That that yeah. to me is just yeah, that's crazy. So, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, A&M. A&M lost to Murray State at a neutral site. They lost to Colorado State, or no, not Colorado, one hundred three to seventy five, and they lost to Boise State at a neutral site. This is all A&M. <laughs> This is, and then they lost to Memphis, who was an eight seed. Um, and then when they got to conference play, I mean, they were pretty solid. Uh, so I think the NCAA, I think the selection committee was penalizing A and M for the uh, the way they played in their non conference compared to how they finished too. Yeah, and it's tough when you go eight and two in your last ten. I mean, if we go off last last ten, you got beat by Arkansas, and then they got beat by Mississippi State. And they won their la- they won the last game against they beat Alabama, Ole Miss, beat Tennessee, and I'm trying to think beat Auburn, 15th, lost to Kentucky, but they're beating these ranked teams. It's just crazy how we look at these things. But also, it, and it goes to show when we're talking about with Arkansas making the last two elite eights, you know that has to do with a lot of things. <clears throat> my mic. Porter, I can't hear you, buddy. Yeah, I turned my mic off because I was coughing. 
I forgot to turn it back on. That's all right. We had some dead air for about 30 seconds. What I was talking about is the fact that they went, I don't know if you caught what I was saying, they went uh, eight and two in the final 10, which is a huge deal when it comes to Texas saying, you know, they're the committees, how they rate these teams. You know, they beat some really good teams. They beat Tennessee, they beat Auburn, they beat Alabama, and they got a seven seed. But what I was leaning into was, and I think we kind of touched on it with Aaron, was, you know, Arkansas was shown a little grace because they've made the last two Elite Eights. So, therefore, is that why they got that 8-9 game opposed to a 7-10? You never know when it comes to what can happen. But all is all, can- you got the bracket in front of you. You know who you got to play. And, honestly, when this team, if you can play with Alabama, if you can play with Kentucky, and you can play with A&M, you can play with Kansas. I mean, Kansas is an elite team, but you can play with them. You can be on the same yeah. court with them. And that's what all that, that matters is when it comes down to it, who wants it more? Do you want to go for your third consecutive Elite Eight, or do you want to just because we're playing up against Illinois and then going up against Kansas? Because you can't look over overlook Illinois to get to Kansas. you got to play one game at a time, or you're out. Yeah. Illinois is battle-tested, just like we talked about. I mean, yeah, they, they're they 19-13, but they played a pretty brutal non-conference schedule like we mentioned earlier. You look at Kansas, though, if you think that Illinois was battle-tested, check this out with Kansas, though. Uh, they have, they played Kentucky. They, uh, they have beaten Duke. They beat NC State. They beat Wisconsin. They beat Tennessee. No, they lost to Tennessee. I'm sorry. Uh, but that was when Tennessee was – Pretty dang good. They had Zakai Ziegler absolutely healthy. They blew out Missouri uh, on the road. They, uh, I mean, obviously you go through the Big 12, and either the Big 12 is really stacked or they're not going to be as great as they, they're supposed to be. We'll see. But, I mean, they, I mean, obviously they beat Baylor. They lost to Baylor on the road uh, by six. And I mean, even K- I mean, Kansas went through a three-game losing streak, and then lost to Iowa State. But they and then they lost to Texas in the Big Twelve Championship, and they didn't lose since. Uh, and then they lost to oh yeah, they lost to Texas on the road uh, there too to close out the regular season. They lost a championship game against Texas too. So they are battle tested, but they're not unbeatable as a number one seed. They played a really good schedule. But I really think Arkansas, the way that Arkansas plays and the way Kansas plays, I think would be a really good matchup in the 1-8 game if Arkansas can get past Illinois. Yeah, but and that's going to – I think that game, talent, you can stack up with them. It's, yeah. that, that's going to be the mental. That's going to be the maturity. That's going to be – all right, it's, it's that old saying that Larry Johnson said, it's time to get you some men. It's time for this team to be men. Right. And and if they really want yeah. this, if they really they, – because they can play with anybody. And, and if they, I mean, you never know. Mm-hmm. They can get hot. They've shown they can get hot from three. They can't do it consistently. But they have to get better at their free throw shooting, and they have to – and I don't care if you try to go a three-, four-minute stretch with, with Pinion in there to try to get some threes, but you're going to need to get threes because I'm telling you right now, tournament time, I don't know what that three-point – AI does, you know, when you're playing your NBA 2K or whatever, and you can adjust that three-point AI up, it, it just always seems to be that one guy that just gets hot from the three-point line in these tournament games. you got to defend the three, right. and you got to hit some more threes. 
Yep. Uh, uh, interesting uh, bit about Kansas though is they are only six men deep. They don't they don't have a very big rotation. They have a bunch of guys that average maybe two and a half to one point two points a game, but the majority of their scoring by their biggest player that they depend on is Jalen Wilson. Averages twenty a game at his four position six eight two fifteen. Grady Dick, who's a big time shooter, six eight two oh five. Uh, at guard, and you have KJ Adams who averages 10, Kevin McCuller who averages 10, and Dewan Harris that averages 8. And you have Joseph Yes, yes I guess is how you say his name, uh, out of Illinois. He's a junior guard, six foot. Uh, but they have a that's that's basically as deep as they go. And they have Ernest Uday who's a 6'11 center, averages two and a half, one point nine 1.9 rebounds a game. But I mean, that's their biggest guy, and that's as deep as they go. But they have pretty good size too. Too. Well, uh, you, you so look I think at that Illinois, would be a really good matchup. You look at Illinois; they got their two guys at seventeen and twelve. But you look at the next four; you got nine, 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 seven. I mean, you almost got five guys in double digits scoring. I mean, this is five right. guys that your starters that they're. Uh, I mean, point one to point three points from having your starting five in double figures. So, I mean, again, we can't overlook Illinois at all. I mean, this is a toss-up game. Just how similar they are in scoring and defense and rebounding and free throw percentage. I mean, th- this is. I mean, their top guy is only shooting seventy-nine percent from the free po- uh, from the free throw line, yeah. and that's that's Shannon Jr. He's shooting seventy-nine uh, percent from the three-point line. He's only shooting thirty-two percent from the three-point line. So this is going to be a very tough game. They get you just a hair on the rebounds per game. I think they get you by two. I think I put a tweet out, and I think it was like 37 point something to 35. So this is going to be a big deal. And they got some guys that can block some shots too. You know, they got 181 yeah. blocks on the season. Yeah. I like what Jamie says here about being a disappointing team. We will. I will reserve my thoughts as far as being a disappointing team until after the NCAA tournament. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but I, when I think of a long time, I don't think, honestly, the Daniel Gafford, Jalen Barford, Daryl Macon team uh, under uh, that, that had a first-round exit against Butler, I think that was a really disappointing team based on how they started the season because they had uh, beaten uh, Oklahoma. They had beaten North Carolina in that, uh, that, that Paul Nider whatever, Phil Knight uh, classic up there in Oregon. Uh, and then they beat Tennessee at home. And then, you know, they, they limped a little bit uh, through non or through conference play and then, and then got back up right before the end of the season. And, and I really thought that that team had a lot of promise under Mike Anderson. If Eric Musselman could have had that team, I think he would have won probably, he probably could have won a national championship with that team just bought the guard play and, and how big of a force Daniel Gafford was as a freshman. but And then the next year, I thought they were, were even more disappointed by even missing the NCAA tournament going 18 and 16. So as far as the hype, I think, yeah, this team's been disappointing uh, because we thought, I mean, I even teased my father-in-law several times about, yeah, Arkansas is going to be like 42 and no national champs. I mean, this is, this is the roster. This is the year. And it ended up being Alabama's year to uh, really run rough shot through the SEC. Frustrating, yes. This has been one of the most frustrating because the fact that 
look what's happened, and, and this goes overall sports at the University of Arkansas. Following Arkansas sports forever. You know, your football team's doing good. Your basketball team's doing good. Your baseball team's going to the World Series. Your softball team's winning SEC championships. Soccer team's winning SEC championships. Now, here we are. We're starting to get back down. You're, you're, you're digressing. Basket, your football team goes down a little bit. Now, look at the basketball team. You know, it, it's almost like it's frustrating because it's almost like, well, we had a couple of good years. Now it's back to reality. It's almost that mindset of I knew this wouldn't last forever. And I'm not saying this year is going to last forever, but just to have the injuries play into it. But to be the biggest failure, this team would have to be full strength, healthy, having the hype of what they did, and then you go 8-10. and 10. Now, if they had Trevin Brazil – and Nick Smith Jr. full season, and they finish eight and ten. Definitely, I would say definitely the oh, most yeah. disappointing season. But you still made the tournament with two of your star players out most of the game, most of the year. Trevin out. I mean, he only played nine games. Nick Smith Jr. played in only fourteen games, so he's still on the verge of breaking out. I mean, he's done really good getting into the rotation and, and doing his part. But he's not even peaked yet. That's the scary thing. He's averaging 14 points a game, and he ain't even peaked yet. So we'll see what the tournament does. Maybe he goes off for 20. But it's going to take either Nick Smith Jr. or Anthony Black to average. You're going to have to average 20 points a game in, in this tournament. The, 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 the 14 and 12, you're going to have to step it up. Because yeah. you take, you're going to – So you take Sorry. Trevor and Brazil out, and you got Ricky Councils at 15 – Nick Smith Jr. is at 14, Black is at 12, Devo's at 10, and then Jordan Walsh. So, other than Jordan Walsh, your other guys are your starting guys are in double digit scoring. So, again, when we're talking about these similarities between this and Illinois, Thursday is going to be a dogfight. It's going it, it, to, if Arkansas wins this by 10 to 15, or Illinois wins this by 10 to 15, it's going to come down to free throw shooting, but I'm telling you, this is going to be a dogfight that it's going to be like that Colgate game where yeah, it, it, it could start out. Illinois could start out on an 8-0 run. It's just that's what type of game we can look at, but it's all right. Let's pick it up and let's get back in the game. I see Arkansas winning, but I think it's going to be a dogfight. Yeah, I think Arkansas will win this game based on the fact that they are very much more physical. They love to run. I think if you can get Illinois out of their fill early in the game, I think Arkansas can dictate it. And they know it now. The back is against the wall. Like, losing, you're done. And I think, like I said earlier, Musselman is one of the best in the country at getting his teams prepared, uh, whether it be in a four-day window or a one-day window. I think Eric Musselman is one of the best in the country when it comes to that, I think Arkansas gets the uh, uh, gets the around one win against Illinois, and then it's all crapshoot from there. Yeah, and and by this time next week, we're going to know if Arkansas is in the Sweet Sixteen, or we'll, we'll know where they're at when it comes to this tournament because they play on Thursday, and then they turn around and play on Saturday. On Saturday, so you know we'll we'll know on Sunday. Hey, were we are we primed for another Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight run or? We talking about what's going to be happening next year with, with this team. Uh, Jacob, yeah. you got anything else before we wrap it up? No, nah, man, I'm going to be kicked back. Hopefully uh, Arkansas takes care of business on Thursday and I can kick back with my toes in the sand on Saturday and watch them against Kansas. So 
man, I'm excited about it. I'm ready to go on vacation. But, guys, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you uh, like, rate, and review our podcast on whatever podcast platform you like it. Hey, invite your friends to like us and follow us on Twitter and Facebook, too, if that's how you feel and that's what you want to do. I think me and Porter are one of the two coolest kids on the block. So give us a, give us a, uh, give us a like, share, share our page, and uh, if, you, if you enjoy our content, yeah, just go uh, review and, and, and uh, rate our podcast. Maybe even throw in a five-star. Well, that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company and betonline.ag, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.